0: Hello, I'm Justin Belguarini, CEO and founder of Live to Perform, and you are listening to the Warrior Artist Podcast. Today's episode is titled, Rise Together. Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. As artists, we work years, decades, sometimes our entire lives honing our craft, trying to become masters, and Yet it's all for moments, for a great audition, for a great performance, for a great run in a show. But what happens in between those moments? We are doing battle every single day with ourselves and with the industry and with all the things going on in our lives. But the real question is how do we prepare our minds, our spirits, our bodies, and our business sense to do battle And to win on the battlefield of our artistry. The Warrior Artist Podcast answers those questions and a whole lot more. I'm Justin Belguarini and you're listening to The Warrior Artist Podcast. I used to have a really hard time watching the Grammys. And... The reason why was because I felt like I should be there and not be watching it. And I felt like I should be on that stage and be handing out awards, be nominated for awards, be even just be in the mix. And the reason why I felt that way was because... I had been in the mix and then very quickly fell out of the mix and it was it was because of me for those of you who don't know I was on the very first season of American Idol and that was at a time in 2002 which feels like forever ago, considering how fast our world moves now and how fast news and shows and all that stuff moves now. But at the time, it was a huge deal. Ask anyone who was between the ages of, I don't know, 10 and 83 (laughs) in 2002, and they will tell you, If they saw the show, because a lot of people actually didn't start watching till the second season. But if they saw that first season, then they would tell you that it was a pretty big deal. It was television history. 30 to 50 million people watched it. 30 million people a week. I mean, we're talking about Super Bowl numbers every single week. Super Bowl-esque numbers every single week. And so... I was on the front cover of magazines, I was interviewed, I had flown all over the world, I had been performing and I had been doing all this other stuff, and then, and this was after the show, and then my album didn't do well and a film that i had made didn't do well and there was just negative stuff in the press and it just became so much so that i said forget it i'm done my record label dropped me my management company dropped me everything just fell apart and i decided to literally leave (laughs) i left the country i went to new zealand i was living in la at the time and i went to new zealand and I bungee jumped. I jumped out of airplanes with a parachute at 15,000 feet. Anything to just feel alive and to feel free and to just... And they were really amazing. It was an amazing experience going there by myself to a foreign country, a foreign place I'd never been before, where nobody except for just a few American tourists knew who I was. It was liberating. It was great. And so coming back around to not being able to really watch the Grammys, it was it was tough. Because I had been in that mix. I had put in the same work that those people that are up there on the stage have put in and done and sacrificed the things that they had done and sacrificed. And what I realized was... That I was judging myself against their standards and their lives. See, it's really interesting because, and, and do you do this? Because I think you do. If you're like me, you certainly do. Where you see someone who is extremely famous and you're like, man, I, I could, I should, I would have that. But that's not nearly as bad as seeing one of your peers who is successful. And who is just, just, just getting all the roles. And who, when you go in and you audition and they're there, you're like, oh, not getting this one. And you're right. They get it. Have you experienced that? Because I have. I know what that feels like. And I know what it feels like on a peer level. And then I know what it feels like on a... Famous person, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, level. Because those are my peers as well. Uh, And it sucks. It really sucks to judge yourself against, or to judge myself against, someone else's life and career and path. And it's weird because I, I realized that I in my town it was very very interesting this town that i live in because there's something in the water there's something really strange and weird because it is a magical place where some pretty outstanding people have lived do live and have formed their art I went to school with a young lady by the name of alicia moore who the world better knows as the singer pink she and i sang in choir together we were friends not like best friends or anything like that we ran in different circles but we knew one another we hung out at school anyway and um many years later after american idol i saw her and i was like hey what's up she's like hey i was wondering when you were going to get here Me here being, you know, to high-level fame, performance, fortune, whatever you want to call it. Because I knew, just as well as she knew, that I was getting there. And yet in my town, there also lived a man by the name of Oscar Hammerstein. The Hammerstein estate is here. Stephen Sondheim, who was a protege of Oscar Hammerstein, was all up in my town, all the time. And so many other people. Matter of fact, Ryan Adams, the singer, just wrote a song about a girl from my town. It's in the title. Just released it, I think, like a day or two ago. And it's so interesting. With all that, and with the... If you go back and you listen to my origin story, there's so many... All the indicators were there for my life to go in the direction of... Performing and fame and high level, high success, the trajectory. But at the time, it wasn't that. And I was struggling and I didn't want to watch the Grammys or I didn't want to watch anything like that. And, and the ironic part was that, you know, just a few later uh, years later, I would be on the red carpet of the Grammys on live national television hosting, interviewing my peers, which on one hand was really cool because th- there was something about people famous people, you want to call them, I guess. Knowing who I am that made them way more comfortable and it made it a different sort of thing than if it were just the guy from E or the guy from Entertainment Tonight or one of those things interviewing you. There was a sort of a kinship that we had in interviews where they knew that I was all I was one of them and not just press and I made sure to not ask stupid press questions. But On the other hand, it was also galling to me because I felt like I should be on the red carpet. I should be the one being interviewed. I should be the one sitting in the actual show. I should be the one on the stage. I should be, I should be, I should, I should, I should. I, I, I. (laughs) And it wasn't until, and here's the point, it wasn't until I realized, oh, wait, 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 wait. I cannot judge myself against the standards of another person. And that works in the Uber fame situation, but it also works in my peers situation. When I go in and if I audition and there's somebody in there. and you know, I'm, granted, I'm at a point in my career where I get to go to directly to the callback or I don't audition for things that are regional offer only in that way, and, and, and that is not because I'm just, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread. it's because I've just earned it, because I've done work and I have enough of a catalog, certainly regionally, uh, or a catalog, I have enough of a, um, a um, resume regionally that I can, people will know, okay, great, he, we just were going to offer this to him, and I have enough of a resume, six Broadway shows, that I can go directly to a callback instead of having to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop just to get there in front of the creative team. And yet there are still some things, like the Hamilton audition, understandably because it's one of the biggest properties in the world, where they're going to want to put you through those hoops. And I think that that's awesome, and I, I love it, and I did it once, and I'd do it again. But, getting back to my point, judging myself against the standards... And the life path of other, my peers, other performers, who are my peers, is completely dumb. (laughs) So, so articulate, Justin. But it really is a waste of my time and my energy, and I... Had to learn, and I still learn every day because you know it's like a it 's like a piano you know you you, you play the piano and you got to get it tuned every once in a while, right it just doesn't stay in tune forever or a guitar mm-hmm. but but the more you play it and the more you stick with it, and the more you just kind of do micro adjustments and tuning along the way, the less whacked out your instrument gets, the less whacked out you get and so when I am auditioning four things and I see people now because I have stopped judging myself against impossible standards. Because think about it. Like, how can you judge yourself against someone else's life and their expectations and the criteria that they have for themselves. I mean, it's crazy. It's apples and oranges. There are things in the audition room that are completely out of your control. That person might be a little bit taller than you are, a little bit shorter, or they might look right uh, against the other person that they're reading, playing with. You know, there's, there's so many factors. And what I found and what I find in a lot of the people that I talk to is that we are all constantly judging ourselves against some unclear standard of normalcy, against another person's path, or against some vague desire, some, some sense of status or place in this world that we can't put our fingers on, but we know that we just should, should, just, should be there, this unclear vagary. And I'm sorry that it took me like 11 minutes or 12 minutes to get to the, the focus of this point, but I wanted to just tell you a little bit of the story beforehand. But that's what we're doing. And so when we beat up ourselves and we say, oh, you know, uh, Johnny or Jane X, uh, Smith is, is getting all these roles and I'm not getting all these roles and what's wrong with me? Why can't I be like them? That is the pathway That's the pathway to hell and to madness, because you can't ever be like them, but you can do something to really level up your skills, and that is role modeling. Now, what's role modeling? Role modeling is taking something or someone in this case who is extremely successful and trying to dissect what it is that makes them successful now of course there are certain things if you read malcolm gladwell's book tipping point or outliers i think is is the book that i'm thinking of there are certain things that you cannot control like for professional athletes i think uh, there was a guy named eric Lindros who played for the philadelphia flyers and and what he was born at the right time, in the right place, with the right athletic program that had the right sort of progression, meaning going from like a, what would be I don't know triple A to double A to A to the to the sort of the farm league where it's like oh right below the semi pro and then to pro and he was born in Canada. He's an ice hockey player. So, I mean all of these factors, those those are certain things that you can't control. I mean, I was and have been living in a place and was born into a situation where I was given high level media training, because my mother was one of the first anchor women on CNN. I was given high level sort of understanding of politics and how to behave in high pressure, high level situations from my father, who was chief of police in Atlanta, um, and is, was and still is a politician to this day. I was given the chance to be in the Atlanta Boys Choir, a prestigious thing from the age of four. So although those things you can't control, but there are certain things that you can see if you dissect your heroes or your peer who seems to be successful. If you dissect what it is that they are doing and you find out the, the little things, if you watch their performances, If you listen to their auditions, if you ask a casting director about them, or if you just ask them themselves, hey, how did you do, how do you do this? How do you do that? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? uh, Because there's so many things that come up in my mind when I talk about this, because we don't have to all be in competition with one another. Yes, there is a competitive element to what it is that we do, but we do not have to be scrambling over each other's backs. There is a way that I believe we can rise together to learn from one another. Yes, there are a, a small number of roles compared to the large number of actors. I get it. And there's certain things that you just want to keep to yourself that you don't want to tell other people because it hurts your chances of booking a job, or lessens your chances, maybe, or or raises someone else's chances. I get that, but the stronger we all become as a whole, the more the people in charge will have to respect us. The more we respect one another, I should say, really, the more they will have to respect us. The stronger that we are as a whole, the more the people who make all the decisions have to give us our due. The less they can treat us like cattle who are willing to sell each other out for the job, for pennies on the dollar. I mean, that's a whole other thing, but getting back to the point of this podcast right here and now is how can you stop comparing yourself to some vague, or, or, or trying to live up to some vague standard or ideal or something that is just, just ridiculous. Uh, really, it's not live up to it. How, are you, how can you stop judging yourself against some unclear standard of normalcy or some other person's path or some vague desire or some sense of status and place in this world? that you don't even know about. So how can you do that? i give you an exercise. It's a first exercise all about clarity. What do you want? If you can answer that question and specifically, what do you want in your career? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? We always talk about what we don't want and what we're not getting and how we're not good enough and how we are not like XYZ person, Jane or or John Smith, who's getting all the things. Okay. Okay. Great. I get that. I've done it. In some way, shape, or form, I am also in that thing. I'm uh, in that same place because I'm like, oh, I'm trying to put this business together and there's other things that I wanna do that are the, that are the next level for me. And I'm like, oh man, that person is doing this, this person did that. But instead of judging myself against that unclear standard, that unclear sort of status or money or whatever it is that I want, I have gotten laser clear on what it is that I want to do and it has begun to allow me actually find out okay where am i strong where am i weak in my strong how can i continue to strengthen that and where i am weak or where i don't have the skills that i need to have how can i either level up myself how can i make them stronger how can i hire a coach to help me make them stronger how can i take the tasks and things that i need to do and get someone else to do them for me that's leveraging how can I role model the success that the people who are doing that I want to do what I want to do, have? How can I role model them? Because that's what, that's what people do. That's what we do. And in another episode, I talked about emulation versus imitation. Emulation. Imitation to try and copy exactly. Emulation to take bits and pieces of the things that resonate with us about, in this case, another performer, and then to integrate them, bring them into our own lives and see how they, like a jacket, fit on us. Okay, You know, it's like I could not wear my father's sports coat. I couldn't do it. It would look really strange on me because A, he's way shorter than I am and he weighs more than I do. But how could I take that jacket and put it on me and get it tailored, let the sleeves out a little bit, maybe uh, have it dyed a different color, have the, the sides taken in and da-da-da. It's a kind of a crappy example, but you know what I'm saying, right? So instead of trying to be copy, be like your peer and do the things that they do, try and copy their unique... Interpretation of the work. How can you take the things that they do and see how they fit on you and make them your own and use them to level up your own skill set? Aha! I know I've been a little all over the place here, but it's really important because this is something that we do to ourselves all the time. So how can you stop judging yourself against some unclear standard? How can you get clear about what it is that you want so then you can logically start to say, okay, here's what I want, and here's what it takes to get that. Or, here's what I want. What does it take to get that? Who has what I want? Okay, how can I look and study what it is that they do and, and, and pull out the clues And the little nuggets that they leave the breadcrumb trail that they leave behind. And study them and see how it is that I can... Oh, I see this little thing that they do. Oh, they have a morning routine that I saw on Instagram. Oh, this is what they do with their warm-up. Oh, this is what they do in... And because we have this, this wonderful social media machine where people will tell you about... The, the size and, and shape of, of, you know, the... <laughs> that's kind of gross, but like the size and shape of, the, of what they went to the bathroom. You know, that's a terrible example, but you know what I mean? Like, they'll tell you everything. They'll tell you what they did from the very beginning of the morning in their stories to right before they go to bed. And now, because ultra-successful people have the option to shape their own narrative instead of letting the media do it, they will they will do it. They'll just go on at different points every single day. How do you think Busy Phillips got her show? Because she just went on there and she lived life and people watched it and they loved it and or they hated it, whatever it was, and then eventually it built up enough pressure and enough of a wave that somebody said, hey, we should give her a show and her show is great. And her friends were like, "Hey, we're going to we would love to write for this show for you." You know, no, no, no. So, the point is is that the answers are there. If you get clear about what it is that you want and then you ask yourself, "How can I get it? Who has it?" and then you start role modeling them, not imitating, emulating The things that they do, it will open up pathways for you that will continue, that you'll go down and you'll begin to strengthen the places that you are weak. You'll begin to discover the places that you are strong and you will build, 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 and build over time. And with consistency, you will begin to have that thing that you want, and guess what? When you get that thing that you want, it's not gonna be like sitting back, eating peeled grapes. You're gonna want more. New level, new devil. And you get to repeat the process over and over again, but you will be stronger, wiser, have more experience and be more committed going to the next level than you were trying to drag yourself out of the same old cesspool pattern of just beating yourself down like you did before. Give it a shot. a double dog dare you. That's all I got for you today. I'm Justin Belguarini, and you've been listening to the Warrior Artist Podcast.